my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The blueprint for a global deep state takeover. Sounds pretty bad, doesn't it? Well, it is. As a matter of fact, the deep state has moved to completely take over what we may think is going on in a war, and even worse, it's a blueprint for what's coming in the rest of the world. If you just tune in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the way the world is changing as we look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. And today, Again, all three. We look at the convergence of these three things, and today, when we peel back under the hood of what's going on, we can see something much more sinister. It's not always what it appears to be. Now, what got me sort of digging down this uh, rabbit hole, if you will, was looking at what's going on with Tucker Carlson going over to meet with uh, Vladimir Putin over there in Russia and the way that the legacy media has been responding to that. We also saw this week, we saw um, the Democrats, the Biden administration, try to ram through a border security bill for whatever, $118 billion, but none of the money went for the U.S. borders. Instead, over half of it went to Ukraine. Now, that bill was dead on arrival. I'm not going to go into the depths of that bill right now. However, now the Democrats were probably using that as leverage to say it was all the Republicans' fault. But more importantly, for the point of this conversation, is now they're running through a Ukraine bill. 
So what is this insistence with Ukraine? What is going on with Ukraine when pretty much the whole world already knows that it's over? It's been over for a long time. It was over before it ever started. The poor people of Ukraine are getting slaughtered. There's pretty much no hope of victory. I had, a, uh, was it Colonel Douglas McGregor on? We talked about this in depth. It's widely accepted and known that there's no way Ukraine gets that territory back from Russia. So what is the point of us continuing to send another now $60 billion over there? Well, if you dig in, you'll see that it's not exactly what it looks like. So why is Ukraine so important? Well, it all goes back to the global deep state and the takeover they're trying to do, and more importantly, what they're trying to do in Ukraine that can become the blueprint for the rest of the world. So what am I talking about exactly? Well, the World Economic Forum, which is sort of the meeting place for would-be globalists, it's where everybody flies to Davos every single year to talk about how they can take over the world. The globalists um, are uh, at this at the of the World Economic Forum are led by Klaus Schwab. Now, Klaus Schwab has written a couple of books. I highly recommend that you read them. I don't typically like to, uh, I've read them. I don't typically like to say what was in those books because I sound like a crazy person for repeating those things. But one of the books that he wrote was called The Fourth Industrial Revolution. And it's important that you read that book if you want to know where they want to take the world. I like to say that I take them at their word. It's because I've gone and I've listened to them. I've read their books and I know exactly what they're trying to do. This is, uh, some people want to paint it as, you know, some sort of a conspiracy, but if it was a conspiracy, they wouldn't be writing books about it. Now, the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab's books really only build on the ideas that the UN had put out before, which we'll get back to in a minute. But let's stay on this point for a minute. So in this book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, Klaus Schwab writes out what his vision for the world is. What is that vision? Well, it's a digital revolution. So he talks about the first, second, and third industrial revolutions that we had, um, machine power, steam power, electricity power. But the fourth industrial revolution is what he's calling the digital revolution. And ultimately, what he sees in this fourth industrial revolution is a fusion of technologies that's blurring the lines between the physical, digital, and biological spheres. That is a direct quote off of their website. Okay. Uh, I'm only going to, I'm not going to go deep into the book because again, I sound crazy if I read from it. So it's coming directly off of the website. That's a quote. Again, fusing technologies that blurs the lines between physical, digital, and biological man and machines. All right. It's, uh, you know, like what Elon Musk is doing by putting chips inside human brains. I just saw this week, they just did the first human implant of that. Making, emerging, blending the lines between man and machine. Digital fabrication technologies, meanwhile, are interacting with the biological world on a daily basis. This is off of their website. Engineers, designers, and architects are combining computational design additive manufacturing, materials engineering, and synthetic biology, synthetic biology, to pioneer a symbiosis between microorganisms, our bodies, the products we consume, and even the buildings we inhabit. Now, to quote Klaus Schwab, again, this is all a quote off their website, but to to quote him directly, he says, it doesn't change what we are doing, but it changes us. It changes us. So, let me, let me read back a key piece, a couple, couple key pieces here. So it, it doesn't change what we do. It just changes us, us as in me and you, as in us as humans. He says, uh, materials engineering and a synthetic biology, biology, 
to pioneer symbiosis between microorganisms, our bodies, and the products we consume. At the World Economic Forum that they had at Davos a few weeks ago, uh, one of the speakers was showing a pill and how you take this pill, you, you eat it, and then it turns your body into like this walking computer and tracker, and then they can track everything and it reports everything about your body. That's what they're talking about. These things that we can take in our bodies, the products we consume is what they're saying. And it changes us. Now, I talked about this deep state takeover and the blueprint, and I'm talking about Ukraine. So how does all of this tie back in together? We're going to tie it back together. Before, let's continue on just a little bit with this with this point so you can understand what's going on here. The Center for the Fourth Industrial Revolution is a platform, this is off their website, for multi-stakeholder, multi-stakeholder, the stakeholders, stakeholder capitalism. Stakeholder capitalism is the governments and the corporations. We used to call it fascism, call it corporatism, call it everybody you want. They call it uh, stakeholder capitalism. Multi-stakeholder collaboration, bringing together public and private sectors to maximize technological benefits to society. Well, I think what they meant to say was to maximize benefits for themselves, uh, probably not for society. We don't need the government involved for us. It's always been the private sector that comes up with the ideas, has the ingenuity, um, has the drive to go build, go improve the world to solve problems. It's not the government. It's not the government stealing the money from you and I, the more productive people, giving it to the less productive, squandering, wasting that money through bureaucracy. It's never been that way. But if it's in their own interest, could we get public, us as the government, and private sectors, private business, to work together to give us tools for our benefit? What kind of tools are they talking about? Uh, blockchains, CBDCs, digital IDs, health passports. You get the drift total surveillance. Now, why would they want that? We're going to come back to that in a minute. But let's talk about where it's being used. Because right now, it's being used in Ukraine. As a matter of fact, there is a World Economic Forum and Ukraine partnership that was announced January 18th of 2024, just a couple of weeks ago. All right, like I said, the WEF was just meeting in Davos, where, you know, all the richest people in the world flew on all their private jets to go over there to tell us that they should regulate how much carbon we produce. They should tell us how much meat we can produce, how much we can travel, what kind of cars we can drive while they're flying in their private jets. But anyway, in this, in this meeting, January 18th, they talked about uh, this new partnership, and they announced that along with Ukraine's Ministry of Digital Transformation, it will establish a GovTech Center for the Fourth Industrial Revolution, the C4IR, in Ukraine to advance the nation's role as the esteemed leader in the digitization of the global economy. All right. So if you want to know why is Ukraine so important, why is it they're not even a part of NATO? Why is the U.S. basically going bankrupt to fund Ukraine? Why, when everybody in the United States, for the most part, is against it, even the people, one of my neighbors down the street had been running the Ukraine flag forever, they've all taken down the Ukraine flags. Everyone's over the Ukraine flags. We have bigger problems to worry about. We know it's an un unwinnable war. There shouldn't be any more money going over there. Um, they want this money to pay for the government to run. Why is it so important? Now you know. Because of what they're doing in Ukraine and how it's a blueprint for the rest of the world. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about what is going on with Ukraine and how it's a blueprint for the West of the world with the technology they're rolling out. Don't go away. Be right back. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. 
Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, welcome back. If you just tune in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about what is going on in Ukraine and what is going on with the digital blueprint the globalists are using to roll out for the rest of the world. And we're talking about how it's happening in Ukraine. We talked about the World Economic Forum, what their plans are, some of the some of this stuff in the fourth industrial revolution they're trying to put forth. But now let's talk about what's actually going on. So I talked about how just a couple of weeks ago at the big uh, World Economic Forum meeting they had in Davos, they announced a partnership with Ukraine, January 18th, um, that along with Ukraine's Ministry of Digital Transformation, it will establish a GovTech center for the fourth industrial revolution in Ukraine to advance the nation's role as the esteemed leader in the digitization of the global economy. So they want um, Ukraine to be the poster child. They want it to be the center. They want to rebuild Ukraine. In order to rebuild um, Ukraine as the digital leader, the esteemed leader in the digitization of the global economy, you have to tear it down first. So it has to be torn down, then it has to be rebuilt. Now, from the WEF, they stated, thanks, this is a quote, thanks to its U.S.-funded DIA app, D-I-I-A, 
thanks to the U.S.-funded DIA app allowing Ukrainians to access essential documents and government services, it is the first country in the world to have a digital ID system that can be used nationwide. Hmm. So all that money that they're sending over Ukraine that they have no accountability for, they don't know where it went, they don't know how the money was spent. We do know that um, Zelensky is buying multi-multi-eight-figure homes in the United States. The president of that country that we're funding is buying homes in the United States. We know that uh, there's so much corruption. He's firing all his staff. We know that they've been um, getting billions of dollars out of the country. But some of that money, the U.S. has funded an app called DIA. And again, it allows them to access essential documents and government services. And it's the first country in the world to have this digital ID system that can be used nationwide. Now, again, this is just a test. This is a test. It has to be rolled out. It has to be tested, beta tested somewhere before the rest of the world. Where would it go? Well, the agency behind this is USAID, USAID. Now, it's a U.S. agency that's behind this implementation of this DIA app. And they said, they declared that it intends to provide at least $650,000 to collaborate with Ukraine to bring its digital triumph to other partner countries. All right. So again, this is the test bed. Let's roll it out here. Let's see how it works. And then, of course, we're going to spread it to other nations nearby. It provided funding to the Ukrainian government to develop DIA. It's allocated another $8.5 million to help expand the app's services. Hmm. Okay. What other services does the app do? Now, look, here's the problem with technology. Technology is a tool. Tools can be used for good. Tools can be used for bad. Tools are neutral. It's all how you use the tool. So for example, a screwdriver in the right hands, you could fix a car, you could fix something or in the wrong hands, you could probably hurt somebody very dangerous and very badly with a screwdriver. A tool is just a tool. It's how you use that tool. So the problem with technology is that technology is supposed to make our lives easier and more convenient. And I want that. I am not a Luddite who was against like the Luddites were against the loom. I'm not against new technology. I want it. I want to embrace it. I want my life to get better. The problem is I don't want it weaponized against me. That's the problem. And when you put your entire life in one app, then you're at the mercy of whoever controls that app. That's the problem. And as the Ukrainians are about to find out, it's actually a very big problem. All their worst fears are about to come true. We'll get back to that in a minute. So what does this app entail? Well, we know that it entails from birth, from the time of birth, Individuals must, they have to, all Ukrainians have to participate in a monitored social contract between governments, businesses, and citizens in order to live day to day. All right. So now there's a social contract. We all have to do our best because we're not in this world alone. So we all have to think about everybody else, which look, we should, right? I follow the teaching of Jesus. We should love others more than we love ourselves. I'm for that. I'm not for government imposed mandate of that. I'll take what Jesus had to say. I ain't going to take what uh, Klaus Schwab has to say about this, all right? But this is what's happening in Ukraine. They must participate in this to live day to day. So let's talk about this DIA app for a minute. All right, again, D-I-I-A. It's a massive red flag. Now, for some context, so you can understand this, the DIA app was launched in Ukraine in February of 2020. Back before the war. Interesting. Okay. And it's lauded as the state in a smartphone. That's how they call it. The entire government in a smartphone. In this DIA app, 
Uh, it has everything in that you need in order to interact in society on a day-to-day basis. And it's the focus of a five-year, $150 million award by USA, uh, USAID, and the UK dev to the Eurasia Foundation. Now, this app didn't appear out of nowhere, right? It wasn't just like magically uh, built. As a matter of fact, it started almost a decade ago. The groundwork for the DIA app became uh, started about a decade ago, but it be, it's become a global digital powerhouse. Now, according to USAID, back in 2016, the government of Ukraine, in close partnership with USAID, and no doubt to the exhilaration of the World Economic Forum, it took steps to enable DIA to become what it is today. Now, 2016, you're right, remember, that's when the first Russia-Ukraine war just started happening, when basically the U.S., Victoria Nuland went in there and did a coup on Ukraine, and sort of the U.S. sort of took it over, and then all of these things started happening there. Now, let's just dig back into the app. We won't get into that uh, those opinions over there. Let's talk about the app. So the app the per- is the perfect setup to enable, to administer a social credit score system. Sort of like what they have over in communist China. Sort of like when you say mean things about the government or you do things they don't want you to do, then you're not able to live your life freely. You're not able to buy bus tickets or plane tickets or train tickets. You're not able to buy food, what's happening over there in China right now. Certainly the model of freedom, but it's being done in Ukraine. I thought all the money the United States was sending to Ukraine was to defend democracy, but yet they don't have elections. And now they're building out a social credit score system so they can monitor and control the minutia of your life. So this app is the perfect setup for social credit system. The DIA app currently connects more than 19 million Ukrainians with over 120 government services and the digital services that underpin them. DIA contains documents such as a person's ID card, which is uh, citizen's passports, foreign biometric passports, student card, driver's license, vehicle registration certificate, vehicle insurance policy, tax numbers, birth certificates, access to social aid, international and domestic vaccination certificates, PCR tests, recovery certificates, if applicable, all of that. Everything is in one app, your entire life. One single switch that's controlled by somebody, some group. Now, using the DIA app, Ukrainians can also share digital copies of the documents and pay debts or fines. In addition to the mobile app, the DIA web portal offers um, over 70 different services, including COVID-19 vaccine certificates, certificates of income, um, issuance of a construction passport, registration of residents, housing loan for migrants, state registration, uh, real estate rights, assignment of housing subsidies, assignment of pensions, all that. All digital documents in the DIA app have the same legal force as their paper or plaster counterparts. So now that you understand what it is, why Ukraine? That's what we're going to talk about next. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. I'm talking about what is going on, how the globalists are building a blueprint using Ukraine to rush out this technology for the rest of the world and what's at stake. I got a whole lot more to cover when I come back. We're going to talk about why Ukraine next. You don't want to miss it. Don't go away. Be right back. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so... 
there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. Is getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. If you just tuned in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the globalist plan, the digital blueprint that they're building out right now. Pretty scary stuff. Now, uh, I'm not going to recap everything we've talked about, but basically it's an app that they've developed in Ukraine to control every aspect of your life, every single aspect, every single interaction with the government, all your legal documents, everything. But I want to go back to the question, why Ukraine? Well, moving the world a step closer towards this target of the society uh, a smart city. You've probably heard of this. So the goal is to get these smart cities. The smart cities, again, I want the technology. I'm not a Luddite. I like technology. Uh, I just posted on my Instagram last night. We got this, I got this new car for my wife and I went to go pick up my daughter and I'm like sitting there in the rain and it's like seat, seat heaters and it's like massaging me and it's got like navigation and like everything's like voice to text. I love it. I love it. The idea of having smart homes and I want to control my appliances from my voice and all these things. I want that. The smart cities sound great. The problem is who controls it. And the problem with who's controlling it and who's manipulating it is the deep state. And in this regard, this is exactly what's happening. So the deep state, the World Economic Forum, is establishing its GovTech center in Kiev, in the capital of Ukraine. That's why Ukraine is so important. All of this is happening right there. This is the model city for the rest of the world. So the WEF is going to establish its GovTech Center in Kiev. The future Ukraine sounds, uh, sounds fun, but it sounds like a state actor satisfying the WEF. All right? The UN, 
the WHO, Bill Gates, I mean, all of these deep state directives. But how can technology fix the problem of who controls it? How can technology remedy the corruption that's there, especially in one of the most corrupt nations in the world? Ukraine is widely known as one of the most corrupt nations in the world. As a matter of fact, Ukraine scored um, 33 out of 100 on corruption in an annual report, near the bottom third of 180 countries. Ukraine scored 33 out of 100 on uh, on corruption in 2022, puts the country near the bottom third of 180 countries scored, according to the annual Corruption Perceptions Index, CPI published this week by Nonprofit Transparency International. So how does technology fix that? Well, it doesn't. As a matter of fact, it's only as good as the person whose hands it in, uh, has as hands that it's in. But let's dig in a little bit, because what I want you to understand is this has always been the plan. What do I mean by that? This is not something brand new. This has always been the plan. And it's actually building on what the UN put forth as something called Sustainable Development Goals, SDGs. Now, I've talked about these before. I've gone through all 17 of them. Again, go to the website. Go to the UN website and just read what their Sustainable Development Goals are, if you want to understand this. But again, it's always the plan. I talked about this story before. Um, I'm just a beach guy. I grew up in Southern California. I'm a surfer guy. Just uh, pretty, pretty basic here. But I bought a ranch in Texas a couple years ago. And on the ranch, I have some cows. I got some goats. I got a donkey, things like that. I don't know anything about that. So we have a ranch hand that comes by and helps us. Well, I don't know, maybe it was close to a year ago now, we had some baby goats and my kids wanted to go see the baby goats. They're all excited. So we flew out to Texas to go see the baby goats. And unfortunately, some predator had gotten a couple of the baby goats. And so we wanted to protect the baby goats that were left. And so we decided that what we do is each night we take them from the goat pen where they're living and we take them over to the horse stables that are not too far away. Sounds like a pretty good idea. We could lock it up. That'll probably keep any sort of coyote or mountain lion or whatever it is from getting in overnight. And then in the morning, we'll let it back in the goat pen. But again, I'm, I'm just someone from the beach. I don't know anything about living on a ranch or dealing with animals. So how do you get a goat, mama, and a baby all the way from one side of an acreage, you know, ranch acreage over to another and inside of a pen? Now, again, I'm not a rancher. But I understand that animals are not so different than humans. And we basically move based off of two things, moving towards pleasure and away from pain, fear and greed, carrot and a stick, whatever you want to call it. So I literally got a carrot, literally. I had a carrot and I'm trying to entice the goat with the carrot and the goat's like following me. And I was just thinking that maybe the baby would follow the mama, which is actually what happened. But the goat was only somewhat interested in the, in the carrot. So then I had to get like a wheelbarrow full of the sweet feed. They love the sweet feed. And so the goat's trying to eat the sweet feed out of the wheelbarrow and I'm pulling the wheelbarrow over to the, uh, to the horse stable. And luckily, the, like I said, the baby was kind of following the mama, but at some point the goat would get distracted and start eating some weeds on the ground and start walking away. And so then we'd come up behind it, <laughs> clap our hands and we'd scare it. So we'd entice it and we'd scare it. And it was not a straight line. The goat was meandering back and forth, back and forth, but eventually we got it into the pen and we did this every day for like a week. That's exactly what the plan has been. The goal is to get us into a pen but it's not a straight line. And through 
enticing us with greed. Hey, look how good things can be, but also fear. Look how bad things will be. They'll eventually get us in there. So for example, when you start hearing the WEF talking about cyber pandemics and uh, more hacks and things like that, then shoot, that's dangerous. They could destroy the whole world through shutting down the internet. Um, The way to solve it is if we give them total control and they give us all digital IDs, maybe they could prevent that. So that's them clapping their hands behind the goat, right? Or they entice you. Hey, we'll give you this. Like in China, when they rolled their CBDCs, they gave everybody free money if they downloaded it. All right. So this has always been the plan. These SDGs have been put forth from the UN uh, for a long time. Now, we should all know that also Davos had, had, uh, the WEF and Davos had sort of signaled that they wanted to do this in Ukraine for a long time. As a matter of fact, at this last meeting they had in in, uh, January, they talked about the, the whole theme of this meeting was rebuilding trust, which highlights Ukraine and this fourth industrial revolution. Now, importantly, USAID's ambassador, power worked under the Obama administration to negotiate and implement, again, these UN sustainable development goals, which are part of this digital aid, which is part of this fourth industrial revolution. It's sort of this, uh, the earlier start of it. Now they've been working with Bill Gates. They've been working with Pfizer CEO, Albert Borla to accelerate obtaining these goals. Now in an article I was reading uh, by uh, Hoffman, he talked about how the Weffers are you know, the globalists, and he explained it this way. He summed it up. Is it making more sense now why the WEF, Western puppet leaders in Washington, London, Ottawa, Paris, Geneva, and Berlin are so dead set on defending Ukraine against Russian aggression? Why? It's because they want this city to be the blueprint. The blueprint for what? The blueprint for the new world order. I know this sounds crazy. I hate even telling you this, But this is what's going on. The New World Order runs directly through Ukraine. It's one of the main nerve centers of globalism, of sex trafficking, U.S.-controlled biolabs, money laundering for the rich, for the powerful, and they can't lose that hub. It's the main corridor that connects all of this. And they're sending millions, they're sending billions of dollars over there to get taken out of the country. And unfortunately, they're sending millions of their own people into the meat grinder to die defending it. All right. As I said from the beginning, it's pretty widely accepted at this point that Ukraine can't win. Ukraine's not going to get the land back from Russia. It's probably not going to happen. Most likely, there's going to be some sort of a truce and it'll be called off there. Now, there's another potential thought that I have here is that the U.S. just wants the Cold War because... At some, the U.S. needs to be in a perpetual state of war, one, for emergency powers, but two, for the military-industrial complex. We were warned about this by President Eisenhower when he left office, warning us that the biggest danger the American people faced was the military-industrial complex. So they always need that enemy, and maybe it's just a new Cold War, but it's also the conduit for all of this grift. And like I said, it's widely known and pretty accepted that they're not going to win the war, so why do they want to continue to send their people into the meat grinder? Well... That's the next part of this, because now Ukraine decided to do another draft. And as a matter of fact, Ukraine wants to draft, um, what is it, another 500,000 citizens into the military. But now that they have this DIA app in place, you won't even believe what they're willing to do to get these people in. 
So we're going to talk about that in a minute. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Mark Moss Show, we're talking about the globalist blueprint of what's going on in Ukraine and how they're planning to bring this to the rest of the world. I'm going to be back with more about what they're doing with these potential soldiers they're trying to draft in this app. You don't want to miss it. Don't go away. I'll be right back. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way, is getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine, And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about what is going on in Ukraine We're talking about the DIA app that they've just put forth. We're talking about the partnership they announced just a few weeks ago at the World Economic Forum and how Ukraine is basically the hub of these new smart cities and how they're pushing tech through there, specifically built around an app called DIA, D-I-I-A, which is basically the state in the palm of your hand, as they're calling it. Now, once they get your entire life in an app, meaning they can turn you on and off with the flip of a switch. They can control your money. They can control your property, the deed to your house, your stocks, um, your passport, your citizenship, your medical records, control everything. When they can control that, then 
they basically own you. You don't like what they say, then they just shut you off or they manipulate something or whatever they want. Now, I know it's hard for a lot of people to think about this. Like, there's no way a government would ever do that. I mean, the government is run by the people, right? I mean, doesn't the government work for the people? How could they do this against the people? Oh, I mean, they always have everyone's best interest in hand. They would never do anything like that, would they? Would they? Well, in China, they certainly do. Okay, but that's China. I mean, that's communist China. What about in the West? I mean, I thought, I thought, I thought Ukraine is a uh, is a democracy, right? Well, let's take a look. Now, as we know, like I said, uh, the Ukraine soldiers have been just being slaughtered, and it's not something I'm flipping about. It's a very big deal. It's a bad deal. I'm not happy that this war has continued, and so many uh, people have been killed over there. But as you might imagine. Ukrainians, one, they're running out of Ukrainians to send into the meat grinder, but two, the other ones that are still there don't want to go. The number of volunteers, uh, soldier volunteers has been dwindling as, as, you know, and we're now going into the third year. And so in the new bill that Ukraine has put forward to now draft more soldiers into the military, they put a bill forward that proposes, get this, you're going to love it, requiring potential mil military personnel who are abroad to have up-to-date military registration and obtaining such a document would be a prerequisite to receiving consular services. So even if you don't live in Ukraine, you still have to be, you still have to have all your military registration up to date. And if you don't, then you basically get no benefits. You know, you're basically a person without a country. All right. Now, on top of that, it proposes tighter sanctions for draft evasion. So if they want you to come back and you don't, or you don't register, then they got you uh, by the short end of the stick, we'll call it that, right? Because they have your whole life in this app. What could they do? Well, in the bill, it says specifically, uh, the tighter sanctions for draft evasion, including asset freezing. So all your property, all your money, all your citizenship with a with a push of a button just turned off. That's it. Now, through the app, they can also do online call-ups. So right now, it's a lot harder to be conscripted. You just say, oh, I, I didn't get it. Like, uh, I didn't get the uh, jury duty notice. I didn't get the report for duty notice. However, when it's in the app, you can't say that. And if you do say that, then they just turn you off. And when you call up customer support to get your app turned back on, they say, oh, it's because you didn't respond to duty. So it's something that is completely unavoidable now at this point. Now, Ukraine intends on drafting 500,000 more citizens in order for this war to continue. It said in the report, Kiev's parliament, which now outlaws opposition parties. Listen to that. The parliament now outlaws opposition parties, sort of like what we're seeing in the United States. What the Biden administration is doing is trying to get the, uh, the opposition party, the Trump party, off of the ballot. They're trying to outlaw them. They're trying to, anything he does is illegal. If he didn't like the way the election went, that was breaking the law. Uh, states say that he, he can't even run. And I know some of you might be, but Mark, you don't understand. He's crazy. He's bad. He said mean things. I get it. It Still, you don't outlaw the opposition. That's what they're doing in Kiev. And it says that they will soon allow for bank account seizures as a punishment for non-compliance. Ukrainians abroad will have their assets frozen. So it's pretty uh, pretty funny, isn't it? Not if you're living it. But the U.S. State Department forced all the Ukrainians to tie their financial assets to their smartphones 
by developing the DIIA smart uh, state in a smartphone app. So basically, the U.S. government, with your tax dollars, using U.S. aid, gave all this money and helped Ukraine build out this app and then forced all Ukrainians to then tie their entire life into this app. Now, Ukrainians who try not to die just get all their assets seized. Now, I know this sounds crazy. This, you know, something that you would hear over in China for sure. And I thought we were fighting for freedom in Ukraine, maybe for democracy. I, I didn't think it would happen there, but but I, I guess it could happen over there. It could never happen in the United States, though, right? Well, if you remember, not that long ago, I think it was about a year ago, uh, PayPal, good old trusty PayPal basically did the same thing. Now, it wasn't the government, but this was October of 2022. PayPal tells users it will find them $2,500 for misinformation. So... If anybody said something that PayPal didn't like, then they were going to deduct $2,500 out of their account. Remember that? Then PayPal quickly apologized. The uproar was so loud that the PayPal quickly apologized. They backtracked on that. They called it a confusion, claiming it was an error, but then uh, put it back into place. There was like a whole uh, movement, you know, delete PayPal, all of those things. They were just mad that they got caught. That's what, that's what the deal was. They basically wanted to freeze your funds for thought crimes. And this was in the U.S. So this is the same thing. It's all the same thing. Now, this is what happens when you put your entire life into an app that you don't control, that somebody else controls. So what do we do about this? Well, there's a couple of things that we can do about it. Uh, first of all, you cannot have all your life into one app that they can control. That's number one. So you always have to understand what is the risk? What is it that I'm trying to protect myself against? So then I know how to set up a good defense. So in 1933, the U.S. government, yes, the U.S. government seized everyone's money. All the bank, uh, all the gold that was in the banks, they just took it, shut the banks down on holiday. When they opened it back up, you couldn't get your gold out. How would you protect yourself against something like that? Well, you don't have all your money in the bank. If I had a ranch with a bunch of cattle and I didn't have gold in the bank, I wasn't affected. So number one, uh, don't have all your money in the bank. Don't have all your money in a place that you can steal. Now, um, what about if all your real estate deeds, all your business certificates, all of that's in the app too? What do you do about that? Well, you might want to own assets outside of the country. And I know this sounds tough for some of you. Maybe you don't even have enough money to live right now. So if you don't have enough money to live, you have your own set of problems. That's a whole different set of stories. Right now, we're talking about how does the Ukrainian government force people to do this, and they do it by controlling their assets. So if you don't have any assets, I guess you don't have anything to control. But the goal is to get whatever assets that you have under your control. And of course, the easiest way to own real property, real assets that can be 100% under your control is with Bitcoin. So with Bitcoin, I can own $1 worth, $5 worth, $50 worth, $50 billion worth of Bitcoin, and I can have it in my own hardware wallet, my own app. I can control it, and nobody can take it from me. I can go anywhere in the world, and I can take that with me just by knowing 12 words in my head. So you don't have to have a ranch overseas or a house overseas or business overseas. You can have digital private property that can be instantly transferred, can be uh, privately held, can be securely held without any big deal, right? If you had a bunch of gold or you have a bunch of house, how do you protect that from the state? Even if you have a house, even if you have a ranch like I do in Texas, even if I have it paid off 100% in cash, I still have to pay the government every single month for it. And if I don't pay the government my rent every month, my rent being my property taxes, they take it from me. 
You can have gold in your safe, and I do have gold in my safe, and you should do that. But it's very hard to move gold out of the country if I had to do that. You can't take more than $10,000 worth of assets out of the country. Money in the bank can be frozen. They can stop my wire transfer, but Bitcoin can't. So we have, we, we have a way to protect our assets. The second thing you can do is make some noise. Talk to your politicians. Talk to your friends. Talk to your family members. Spread the word. We've already done a good job waking the world up to CBDCs. It's worked out very well to push back on this in the United States, but the fight is not even begun yet. And so it's not time to let up. Anyway, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Mark Moss Show talking about the blueprint, what's going on with the globalist blueprint over in Ukraine and how it's a plan for the rest of the world. So you know what's coming next. That's what I got. Thanks so much for listening. Till next time. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.